Listen in as we talk about how to be more effective in partnering with schools on the Youth and Culture Podcast. Hey guys, I'm your host, Ryan Sebastian. Again, I'm thankful that you made this podcast a part of your day today. If you're new to the podcast, uh, welcome. We're glad you're here. Uh, If you've been here for a while, I'd encourage you to go ahead and give us review and rating if you have not done so already. Again, that does uh, help us out with that. Also, if, uh, if you enjoy what we're doing here at Youth and Culture, I would encourage you to tell your friends about it and share what we're doing here as well. Again, I'm I'm super excited about uh, this week's episode because we're going to be talking about a subject that I think a lot of us uh, as youth workers and youth leaders um, really buy into, uh, but a lot of us sometimes don't know what to do, and that's uh, how to partner effectively with schools. Uh, I think each one of us know that's important, but again, I think sometimes uh, we can't have a hard time figuring out exactly how to make that happen in our context. Uh, So I'm super excited about this topic. Before we dive into that, uh, we're going to pause and listen to today's sponsors. Youth and Culture is brought to you by Covenant Eyes. Covenize is an online accountability and content blocking software for your mobile device or your computer designed to protect the entire family. Today, with 90% of boys and 70% of girls being exposed to pornography online and 56% of divorce cases listing porn use as a factor, it's more important than ever to protect your home. Click the link at the bottom of the show notes, sign up for Covenize, and start protecting your home today. Today, I had a great opportunity to talk to Becky Ridman. Uh, Becky has some great insights on how to effectively partner with schools. Uh, Again, this is an area that I have even struggled with. Uh, when it comes to my contacts on how to effectively be involved in, in uh, the school system. I think we uh, sometimes think uh, too much into the church and state that we feel like we cannot uh, engage in schools because of separation of church and state. Uh, but that is so far from the truth, and I'm really glad that Becky was able to uh, dive into that a little bit better for us. Uh, and. Give us some great tips on how to partner with schools. So tune in for this week's episode. Guys, I am super excited today. I get to uh, opportunity to talk to uh, Becky 
uh, Ridman. If I, did I pronounce that correctly? It's, it's actually Ridman. Ridman. Okay. Ridman. Yes. Ridman. So I got permission. To, I, I just again when I talk when it comes to names, I am terrible with names. <laughs> um, but I'm super excited to have the opportunity to get to talk to you today. And, and for those of you listening, we're going to be talking about something that's really important uh, when it comes to children's ministry, uh, student ministry, even to a point, even even some to a point, even college ministry, and that and that is uh, partnering partnering with schools. Um, so I'm very excited about this topic. It's something that's a it's a passion of mine. As finding ways to integrate and partner uh, with schools and or reaching students where they're at. So, Becky, before we start uh, talking about uh, that, uh, part, for us partnering with schools, how about you kind of introduce yourself a little bit, uh, your journey in ministry, and, and what you're doing today? Sure. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me. I'm very excited about this topic, and I'm honored to have the opportunity to talk about it with you. And uh, so my name's Becky. So I am married to Tony, and we have a nine-year-old daughter, Eliana, who is in third grade this year, and a seven-year-old son, Cody, who is in first grade. And it's just a joy to parent them, and it's a joy to be married to Tony. We have a lot of fun together as a family. And we enjoy living and um, going to church and going to school in our same, it's pretty much a a one mile city block here. And uh, it's just been great to build relationships with our community at the school, at the church too. Um, And school and church has really been part of my life my entire life. I um, have been in student and children's ministry for 25, over 25 years, which is amazing. I started when I was five years old. So, haha. Um, but I went to, so I grew up in, in the church, did all the children's ministry stuff and was in the youth group active in that. And then uh, went off to college for a degree in elementary education. And when I graduated from Bowling Green State University, go Falcons, I um, was then that summer looking for jobs. And I really, my niche um, at the time was really fifth through eighth grade. So I thought, you know what, if I volunteer in the student ministry at church, then when I go in for an interview, I can have some experience there in working with junior high kids. And at the time, I thought, well, I'll just volunteer for snack because I don't really, you know, the whole ministry thing, nah, a little nervous about that. So purely selfish motives. That's how I got involved in in uh, serving in student ministry. And uh, my plan worked because then I got a job in, in the public schools teaching fifth and sixth grade. And while I did that, I um, was still helping with the student ministry and in the junior high group. And God just hooked me with that. And so I continued for about five years teaching in the schools, but then also serving in student ministry. And then um, I just remember feeling like as I was going to school, I was building relationships with kids and having a great time teaching them. But I didn't feel like I could truly be who I was because I had to turn off my faith in the public schools. And that just was getting harder and harder to do because the more time I was spending with the kids at church, the more I felt like this is the real me. And uh, so I just remember praying on the way to school one day and saying, God, you know, I love working with kids. Thank you so much for this job. But wow, if there was a way for me to work with students on a regular basis and be fully me, not have to turn off my faith, I would just love that. And it was like in that moment, like the skies parted and angels were singing and I just felt God saying, I'm calling you to ministry. 
And uh, that was my call to ministry. And so then um, I met with our pastor and just said, you know, I really think God's calling me to ministry. And so it took a, a year or so for us to walk through that together. And I increased my volunteer role at the church. And then just by faith, resigned from teaching and went into full-time ministry. And I've actually been at that church for 20 year over 20 years now. And at first I was hired as a youth and education director, um, overseeing birth through um, 100 year olds. <laughs> and we were a lot smaller then. And um, over the years, the church has grown. And so now I currently serve as the children's ministry pastor at McCord Road Christian Church in Sylvania, Ohio. Um, but a lot of my years were also in youth ministry and student ministry. So that's kind of where I am, a little bit about me. And like I said, school and church has really been a big part of my life. Yeah, there, there's one thing that you uh, mentioned that I kind of want to just just to kind of dive in just a little bit. But do you think there was a, do you think being an education, being an educator uh, has benefited you uh, when it comes to ministry? Absolutely. Absolutely. There are things that, um, there are skills that I learned from going through even college and going into education that I use today. Um, and this was a few years ago. So I know there are now degrees in student ministry and children's ministry, but when people, when uh, college students come to me feeling called into ministry, I do highly recommend that they look into going into education. You're going to get some skills there, um, putting lesson plans together and the experience of speaking in front of groups. And um, there's just so many skills that you gain from education that I think really directly apply and equip you for ministry. No, I, I totally agree. My wife is, uh, is an educator. She's a, she's been teaching fifth grade, uh, for years, and again, she took a long break uh, to be a stay-at-home mom for mm-hmm. for a while, and then just got back in, into teaching again. Uh, and there's a lot of things that I have learned from her. Yes, uh, about teaching styles, uh, and for as uh, not basically every how t- uh, students process information, teaching uh, to different type of students who are process information differently. All these little nitpicks when it comes to skills. Uh, when it comes to communicating. So I, t- I totally agree. There is a benefit and be having an education background when it comes to ministry. So I, I totally agree. Absolutely. And it gives you some flexibility too in a career path um, because the schools definitely need Christian educators as well in the public schools. So there's some wiggle room there. If you're sensing a call to ministry, you could do that, but you also might be able to um, be that Christian educator that is needed as well. So it just kind of, I think, opens you up for more possibilities in the future too. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, one thing I want to, okay, so we're going to get back to talking about uh, schools, specifically partnering with schools. And of course, I know that, I know it's extremely important. You know, it's extremely important. Uh, but just in case we have uh, people who are, those who are listeners who may not understand uh, this very well, but why, do, why is partnering with local schools important to ministry? Well, I think 
that partnering with local schools is not just important to ministry, it's crucial, it's critical, even words even stronger than important. Um, it's vital. We have to do it. It's uh, not optional. And uh, my basis for this um, really starts with the story in John 21, where um, Jesus's disciples are out fishing. I'm going to start in verse three. Um, I'm going to go out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go out with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw out your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. So Jesus was talking to his disciples. They were going out um, on their own, doing fishing as they've always done, and using the same techniques, the same equipment, same mindset. And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows them a new way. And it wasn't like, hey, there's, there's this brand new fish or this brand new net. It wasn't, hey, you need to use this high motorized speedboat. Um, no, it was just taking what they were already doing with a slight tweak, just a slightly different approach, throw the net out onto the right side of the boat. And what happened? They hauled in so many fish, it was almost impossible to pull them all in. And we as student pastors, as children's ministry leaders, as volunteers are called to be fishers of men too, fishers of children and students and those in our community. And what Jesus was doing is the same for us he was calling them to think a little differently. And so I want to challenge people to think a little differently because when we go out to make disciples, we are called to go and we're not called to wait and uh, have them come to us. No, we're called to go. And so taking the story from John 21, um, I think in the past, what a lot of churches have done is to have these community events and expecting people to come in. That's the way to reach the community. If we have this carnival and we market it well, then people will come in. Well, that's not really what we're called to do. We're called to go. Jesus had the disciples throw the net into the right side of the boat. That's where the fish are. So putting all this together, where are the fish? The fish are in our schools. If we're trying to reach our community, we need to, as church leaders, church volunteers, church workers, go, go into the schools. The schools are the largest organization that's reaching the community. And the churches are right up there too. And so if the church can go into the schools, that's where the fish are. And so that's why I think it's so important for local schools to um, and churches to be working together. When you think about it, we're all in the community. We're all serving the same families as student ministry leaders, um, children's workers. We are serving the same families that the schools are already reaching to. So can't we partner with them? Can't we? Doesn't it make sense really just to come together and go into the schools? I think it does. And I think that's where Jesus was really focusing too. Um, I think there's a lot of benefits too. Um, it's uh, for one thing, think of the schools. We can, as churches, learn a lot from the schools. We can learn about educational and social trends, um, special needs ministry. 
This a lot of churches are starting that for children's and student ministries. Well, the schools are going to be at the cutting edge of the teaching and the training there. And if we're partnering with them, we can also gain some um, just great resources, great tools, their great wisdom from them, um, discipline strategies. If we're partnering with the schools, I like to use the same strategy for discipline in our church that we're using, that the kids are hearing in the schools. Not that we have any discipline issues in the church, but just using the same language that they're, the kids are used to hearing Monday through Friday, use those in, learn what those that language is and use it in your church. Um, we can learn latest teaching strategies, um, technology and education. They're gonna be more cutting edge than a church. So there's a huge benefit there. Plus just then the mutual support. We are all in this together. We're helping families in need. The schools are helping families in need. Um, and how awesome would it be if the schools turn to the church when there's times of crisis? I have seen that happen when a church has taken the steps to build that relationship with the school. Then when there is some type of crisis, the school reaches out to the church. So there is a huge, huge benefit um, for us partnering with schools. Well, Becky, another question I have for you is what what are some strategies and best practices in partnering with schools? You mentioned a few things uh, earlier, but uh, what are some things that we can actually, as ministry leaders, go ahead and start practicing today? Okay. Um, I think you uh, said one first one key word in your question. I think you need to be strategic in what you're doing. And so before you go knocking on the doors of a school, I think you need to stop and uh, take what I'm calling a school inventory. And this is done within the church. So how, it's su surprising to me how many um, student and children's ministry leaders don't know what schools are represented in their ministry. Um, so that's a big thing. Uh, I think you need to stop and you need to assess, look at where, um, which schools your kids are going to. One of the ways that we do this, oh, a couple ways we do this, um, we just through our database, when kids check in, that's one of the questions. Um, what school do you attend? That is a crucial piece of information in partnering with the schools, and I'll touch on that in a minute. Um, an easy way, if you don't, if your church does not have an online check-in, you could just whatever method you use, make sure you're asking that question and then charting it. We even have a wall in the um, children's wing in our church that um, has a title partnering with or praying for our schools. And then I just have a sheet of paper for each school and it's in this um, plastic sleeve. It's hanging up on the wall. And so if you're at Whiteford Elementary, when kids come in, hey, hey, guys, welcome, even after parents have checked them in. Um, but what school do you go to? And so we have kids write their first name on their school page, and it's hanging on the wall. And it is a visual for how many schools are represented. It's also a quick visual because I can see which, which school is the, has the most kids coming from our church, coming to our church. So that lets me know, and that would let you know if you're tracking this, which school that you could target. Because I think once you've taken that school inventory, you can then zero in on the school that already is impacting families within your church. Um, part of the school inventory too, um, getting to know the parents. So you already know what school your students are going to, 
get to talk to the parents, find out our par- how are parents helping. Um, I'm sure they're already volunteering in the schools. I'm sure they're helping with things. You may have um, parents that are um, helping with athletic teams or parents that are going in and maybe helping as tutors. Like just get an inventory of where people are and don't forget your church members. There are church members that are most likely already working in the schools as teachers, as um, secretaries, as cafeteria workers. Just take a moment to figure out the connections that you already have, that your church already has with the schools. Another strategy, I think, is to look for the school that's closest in proximity to your church. I was curious about this, so did a little loose research a while back and um, just looked at Protestant churches, did a Google search, and there are over 300,000 Protestant churches in the United States. And then you also think of there's 200 or 20,000 ish Catholic congregations in the United States. There's so that's about 300. 20,000. If you have, and then I Googled um, how many public schools, 98,300. And then according to my loose calculations, that means there's three congregations for every one school, three congregations for every one school. And if every church just focused on the one school that's closest in proximity to them, then there would be about three churches for every one school. Like wow, what an impact the church could make in the local schools and in the community if we worked together, not only with the school, but also with churches. But anyways, focus on just one school, the closest one that's in proximity to your church. I think that's a great starting point. Um, Then it's time to get into the schools. So I think the first thing after you've done your school inventory and you kind of zero in either on the school that is already well represented in your church or the school that's closest in proximity to your church, then you need to set up a time to meet. You need to figure out the felt need at the school. Don't just assume that you know, but take the time to get in there, schedule a um, meeting with the principal or the school counselor. I think school counselors have a true feel. They have their hand on the pulse of what the needs are in the school. And then set up a time just to meet with them. Don't go in all churchy and we want to start an after school program and bring all kids to Jesus. Of course, we do want to bring all kids to Jesus, but just focus on meeting the felt need of the school. So you set up this meeting and just listen to what they say. Ask questions about, hey, how can the church come and support what's already happening in your school? Can we volunteer? Is there an event coming up? And the church could just say, you know what, we will provide the 10 volunteers that's needed to make that school event happen. Is your staff feeling discouraged? Is there anything that the church can do? Can we bring in bagels and coffee for your staff just to let them know that, hey, we want to support you. You guys are in the trenches. We want, we're thankful for what you do. Can we support you? Um, is there a special project coming up or is there a need? Do you need or do you have a lot of kids that are coming to school and they don't have lunches? Can the church provide lunch? Don't assume, but take the time to figure out what the felt need is. I've heard of uh, there was a church 
in a town that I will not name. And uh, they decided, you know what, over the summer, we are going to just bless this school. And so they got the whole congregation together and they um, did uh, over the summer, a school supply drive and they did backpacks and they filled backpacks with pencils and rulers and all the school supplies that could possibly be needed. And then school came and the church just happily unloaded all the vans with all the school supplies in the school only to find out that the school had a partnership with a business who had already taken care of backpacks and school supplies for the school. That was a church that didn't do the groundwork and didn't go in and figure out what the true felt need was for that school. So avoid doing something like that and start building that relationship first. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. And I absolutely agree with that. Um, I, d- I don't think, and I, I would have to agree with you as well. I don't think a lot of, a lot of churches, um, at least in, in, I guess in my context, um, take time to really sit down with school leadership uh, to figure out what is the need and kind of, kind of open communication. And in, in mm-hmm. that sense, I think a lot of churches, they, they have good intentions. Yes. They mean well, but uh, they jump the gun and uh, trying to provide something they think is a need uh, without actually having communication with the school and see what really, truly is the need in that school. Right, right. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the phrase, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Like Churches need to go get in there and just let them know we are here to support you. We care what's going on um, and just start with those felt needs. One thing I, I I want to ask this question just because I, I do feel there's there's uh, a lot of assumptions uh, when it comes to partnering uh, with schools. But what do you think is is a common myth uh, in partnering with schools, specifically in a ministry context? Mm-hmm. I think that probably the biggest myth is that churches can't go into the schools because of separation of church and state. And that is not true. You, um, if you're going in for the sole purpose of building relationships and supporting what's happening in the schools, then absolutely you can go in. You're part of the community. The schools are part of the community. And if your true intention is just to build that relationship, go on in. I think there's ways to get into to the schools that are um, – helpful. They're already provided. One of the things that I did, I started to attend even before my kids were at the school, I started to go to the parent organization meetings and just sat there and listened to what their needs are. I just, there, one of the events that, one of the things that they were talking about was an upcoming dance that they wanted to have and they had no volunteers. And I'd already done my homework. I knew that this school had a lot of families from our church attending their kids were attending that school. And so I, as I was sitting there, I'm like, you know what, that would be so easy for our church to do. So I just said, Hey, I'm from Accord road Christian church. We would love to, could I provide the volunteers and we'll just do that dance for you? Well, of course they said yes. And it was a huge blessing for the ministry and for our church and for the school. I got to pull some of the families that I knew had kids there. We got to do this event together. It was great. And the school was thrilled. So just look for ways to get in. Again, don't be all churchy. Just figure out what the needs are. 
Um, there's other opportunities too. There's fellowship of Christian athletes. Can you volunteer with that? As um, youth ministers, a lot of times uh, you hear of going into the lunchtime, go in and be present, sit with the kids from your church that are at school during their lunchtime, sit in the cafeteria, build relationships as you're checking into the school, say hi to the secretary, get to know the teachers that you're seeing in the hallway. Um, can you sub? That's another way to get in to the schools. Um, there's organizations out there too that are already established that have already done the groundwork. Um, I'm involved in an organization called Keep Watch. And every Monday morning, I go into um, a local elementary school and have a prayer walk and prayer time with teachers from the school and other parents from the school. There's people that have already gone before you just figure out who those groups are and how to get in. And uh, don't be afraid of the myth of separation of church and state. Uh, that, that is absolutely great. I do think that that as a whole, some that sometimes that is a fear. So I do, I do, uh, and and again, a lot of you, lot, my, I think a, a lot of it may be drawn to the fact that you you hear a lot of these things in the media uh, of different mm-hmm. things with church and state and uh, lawsuits and all this crazy stuff. And the reality is right. that's not the norm. Um, right. That's just that's just not the norm. Uh, so I one hundred percent agree with that. That is that's a fear that shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And the fact the fact is, as an outside ministry leader, you, you're you're one hundred percent safe when it comes to going to the school system. Uh, of course, you don't want to be Bible and preachy and, and all that. As well, right. uh, but there is a freedom there that's not necessarily there for teachers. Uh, mm-hmm. In the school there, but there is a whole lot more freedom uh, for you as a ministry leader when it comes to uh, being involved in schools. Yes, yes. Uh, one thing I want to, you've kind of been been given a lot of advice, a lot of uh, strategies, uh, but what is one piece of advice that you would give youth leaders in their ministries? One piece of advice. Uh, as far as partnering with schools, you mean? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think the piece of advice is to know that it takes time. So just start somewhere and know that it takes time. It will take time to build trust. It will take time to build relationships. Sometimes it takes time just to figure out your niche within that school but know that every single time that you're showing up, every single time that you're saying you're going to show up and you do, it's just, it's going to take time, but it will be worth it. Think about the future when something happens. Pray, pray, first of all, that something bad doesn't happen, but the reality of the world that we're living in is that there may be a time when the school will be in some type of crisis. And if you have taken those steps and just waited patiently, chances are you are going to be the one that the church is call- or the school is calling in time of crisis. You're going to be the one that they're reaching out to. And oh man, the opportunities that that will give you to support families and to potentially bring them on into your church, into a relationship with Christ. Oh, it's worth it. So just know, just start and then just know that it will take time and it's okay. Just do something. Uh, absolutely. Again, when it comes to taking time, it takes time to build trust. Um, and I think that's especially the case. It's, it's the case within a church setting, within a ministry setting. 
but yeah. I think it's even more the case when it comes to uh, secular settings such as, as schools. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's just reality. You have to earning trust takes time. And yes. trust is actually what helps to build a partnership where, you, where people will actually listen to you, uh, be open mm-hmm. to you. So I 100% agree with that. It, it takes It's going to take time uh, with any type of ministry and especially uh, when it comes to school systems. Yes. Uh, well, Becky, uh, if somebody want to get connected with you, maybe to ask more questions about strategies and, and connected with schools or just very questions about children's ministry and youth ministry, what, what's the best way to get connected with you? Oh, that's great. Thanks for asking. Um, I have a website, BeckyRidman.com, and you can also send me an email at hello at BeckyRidman.com. I also have a Facebook page. It's called Becky Ridman. Um, so those are just some ways to get in touch with me. And I would love, I, I would love to share more ideas, um, share some thoughts on what's, what churches and schools are doing, some partnerships out there. Um, and just, I love to brainstorm about this topic or other topics as it relates to um, children's ministry or student ministry too. Well, Becky, I want to thank you for uh, taking your time out in the podcast for us today. Absolutely. Thank you. It was great. I love talking about this. Thanks for the opportunity. I am super thankful for Becky's heart and passion in reaching students, reaching kids uh, by f- simply partnering with schools. So I'm very thankful for her heart and thank you for her insight uh, in this area. One thing that um, I just wanted to highlight is one, two simple things that you can do uh, to partner with schools. First is simply to find out what the needs are in the schools. Contact, talk to the principals, uh, find out if there's a need, if, if halls need to be painted, something that you can do to partner with to help the school. Uh, second thing I, kind of, I walked away with is just simply be a substitute teacher. Uh, schools are in desperate need for substitutes and one easy way that you can get your foot in the door at a school and interact with students is simply to help them out to be a substitute and guys you don't want to miss next week's episode Uh, the person I'm talking to in interviewing is someone who completely changed my mindset and my philosophy of how I do youth ministry. So again, you do not want to miss it. Uh, this person has impacted me in ways you would never know. And I'm sure they'll do the same thing with you. Again, stay tuned to next week's episode.